What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Today, I'm a little late on it. I try to do it on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, but nonetheless, Thursday afternoon, I want to crank out a little podcast episode going over my college football weekly picks as well as my NFL weekly picks. This might end up coming out a little after Thursday night, but it'll be put on the record prior to. So, let's kick it off. Uh, It'll just be me today. Couldn't... uh, you know, people are busy. People are busy. So it's just going to be me. Um, I'll start off with a little bit of college football. A couple of college football things I've been looking at. Um, starting in the SEC, you got the dynamic Kyle duo. Not a super strong name, but super strong tandem, Kyle Trask. Um, I ranked him as the best quarterback in the SEC this offseason. Um, and he's he's been incredible. Uh, obviously, only two games for the stats. Don't compare nationally, but he's 51 to 71. That's a 71.8 completion percentage. 684 yards, that's 9.6 on average. 10 TDs and only one interception. It's the guy, he's looked incredible. And sure, you can say it was against an Ole Miss defense. Yeah, or I suppose Ole Miss defense as well as a South Carolina defense. But... 416 yards, 6 TDs, and then 268 and 4 TDs. It, it, it doesn't lie. He's looked absolutely incredible. As for the guy he's been throwing to, Kyle Pitts, man. Um, regarded as one of the best tight ends in the country. He's been getting it done. Um, 12 catches for 227 yards. And get this, 6 TDs. Every other catch, essentially, is a touchdown for this guy, Kyle Pitts. That's ridiculous. And the 12 catches were 227. That's almost 20 yards per catch. Went absolutely off against Ole Miss. South Carolina didn't have crazy yardage, but still had two touchdowns. It's He's establishing himself as one of the premier, uh, you know, jump ball guys. Not even that. He's a vertical threat, too. He's incredible. Kyle Pitts has been amazing. And then sticking in the SEC, Alabama. Look. We knew they were going to be good, but Mac Jones has been stellar. Him and uh, Kyle Trask have actually both thrown for 684 yards. Mac, a nice 38 of 51. Uh, that's a 74.5 completion percentage, 684 yards. Um, that's 13 yards per attempt, 6 TDs, and 1 interception. And along with Mac Jones, we knew coming back, we knew coming back there would be Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith chose to stay for his senior year, uh, opted against um, going to the draft. Jalen Waddle going into his junior year. Those guys bona fide studs. Um, and I think the general public was like, well, who's going to step up as that third guy? Because last year had those two guys, as well as two first-rounders and Henry Ruggs. And Jerry Judy. Well, let me tell you, if you don't know the name John Mechie, get used to it. Because he's the next great Alabama wide receiver. Went off, off versus Texas A&M. Um, here, I have his yearly stat lineup, but um, it, it was incredible. Um, the way that Alabama churns out wide receivers, it's it's ridiculous. Um they pluck these guys. Yeah, he went five for 181 and two touchdowns. This team, they didn't run the ball great against AM, 
But ultimately, I don't. You, it I don't. It doesn't really matter how you run the ball, when ultimately, you're decimating defenses through the air. And I mean, with that being said, I I think the run game will pick up. But this Alabama team, you got, you don't have Tua Tonga Vailoa. You don't have Jerry Judy. You don't have Henry Ruggs. You don't have Jed Wills. It doesn't matter. These guys, they're reloading back better than ever. Um, other than that, Big Twelve. Um. Horns down, but, I mean, I don't know. Not so boomer of a sooner either. These um, these two rivals, they'll, they'll play this week. We'll get to my thoughts on uh, that game soon. Texas fell to TCU, first loss of the year. I mean, really embarrassing, super embarrassing loss. And then you got Oklahoma, who they had Iowa State. They went to Ames, and they lost. They, you know, looked like they'd maybe just be able to have a nice bounce back after the loss against Kansas State. No! This Oklahoma team is not ranked. It's, it's mind-boggling. Um, you told me that Oklahoma football is 1-2 and two through these, their, these first three games. I tell you, you're crazy. But here we are. The defense is... You know, typical Oklahoma defense, not too good. Big 12 in general. And then offensively, the numbers are decent, but they don't really have a run game. Spencer Rattler, he hasn't been bad per se, but he's made some poor throws, made some poor decisions at crucial times that have plagued them. So do I think they can still be one of the better teams in the Big 12, maybe win the Big 12, sure. But they're going to have to regain that because they have... It's been really, really, really disappointing um, all around. With that being said, let's get into the college football picks. Uh, starting it off, number four, Florida. Talked about them. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites versus number 21, Texas A&M. And I'm coming back from a beatdown in Tuscaloosa. I don't think it gets any easier um, as Florida heads to Kyle Field. Yes, it's Kyle Field, but we talked about it. Florida has two much better Kyles than Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. I have Florida. They keep that great offense going. Uh, A&M, they'll get some points, but I have Florida covering the 6.5-point spread, 45-30 to 30 Gators. That's what I feel like these past couple of podcasts – I haven't talked as much about spread. I'd say the spread, but I wouldn't really divulge into it, and I'd just put the spread on the favorite. And I was recommended by a buddy to change that up, so I am. Um, next game, you got number 19, Virginia Tech. Um, they're five-point dogs on the road going to Chapel Hill to face it off against Sam Howell and the number eight North Carolina Tar Heels. And this Virginia Tech team, it's it's a tricky one. So... They're not a flashy team by any means, but I trust them a little more than North Carolina. I think North Carolina is a good team. I definitely think North Carolina is a good team. I think Sam Howell is a good quarterback, but he started off slow. You know, he started off a little slow, and I, I don't, I don't want to say, because I, I keep saying it, North Carolina is a good team, but I think they're just, they're just a hair overrated. And I like little late run from Virginia Tech. 
A uh, little shaky at the quarterback position, but Khalil Herbert, he's been a stud at tailback. Uh, give me give me the Hokies, 23-20, good game. Next, you got Missouri um, headed, well, maybe headed to LSU. I don't know what's up with the weather, if they had to move that to Missouri or what's up with Hurricane Delta. But nonetheless, LSU 13.5 point favorites against Missouri. I don't see this one being too close. Um, I have LSU by... Three touchdowns, thirty-eight to sixteen. Um, not that much to go into. Missouri's not very good. LSU isn't last year, but they're a lot better than Missouri. Um, next we have the Red River Showdown, and both of these teams have underachieved this year. It's already been disappointing. Oklahoma's probably already lost their shot at the college football playoff, and for Texas. They need to run the table and play really incredible football to have a chance. But nonetheless, this is going to be a great game. And I I really have gone back and forth on this. I think these teams match up. You know, they play differently, but in terms of talent, I think it's very close. But give me give me the more experienced quarterback. Give me a good late drive from Sam Ellinger. And give me Texas, uh, two-and-a-half-point dogs. Give me them taking it outright, 37-34, horns up. One and three start for Oklahoma. Next, another ranked matchup. We have a lot of really good matchups this week. Uh, Number 14, Tennessee, 12-and-a-half-point dogs facing the number three, Georgia Bulldogs. Um... I think Georgia's the better team. This is a statement opportunity for Tennessee. Um, Georgia coming off a massive win against Auburn. I just don't think... I don't think Tennessee's all put together quite like Georgia is. Um, and I don't, I don't think they have a swarming enough defense to really make Stetson Bennett or, you know, the offense stutter. So I'm taking, I'll take Tennessee to, uh, I'll take Tennessee in, uh, I guess I should say, I don't have Georgia covering the 12 and a half, but I do have Georgia winning uh, 24 to 15. Uh, Big 12, Texas Tech, 12 and a half point dogs on the road to number 24, Iowa State. Iowa State coming off of that Oklahoma victory. They've been really weird this year. Brock Purdy really hasn't been good. I was really high on Brock Purdy. I thought he'd establish himself as one of the better quarterbacks in the country. He's not done that. Even in the win against Oklahoma, he wasn't necessarily phenomenal. Um, I'm still going to take Iowa State. Um, I don't think they cover. I think it'll be a good game. Um, 34-30 Cyclones. That sounds, sounds fair to me. Next, you got Arkansas coming off a big, big win over Mississippi State. Um, They're going to number 13, Auburn. Them coming off of a super, super demoralizing loss at the hands of Georgia. I just, I I don't see a path to Arkansas winning this game. Um, I think Auburn's going to be fired up. I don't know. I don't don't think they're going to entirely cream them like a, you know, like a, Alabama versus Vanderbilt kind of thing, but I I do have Auburn winning this. Um, twenty seven to ten, they'll cover the thirteen and a half point spread. 
From there, you got Alabama, my Crimson Tide. I don't know the status exactly of this game. Uh, might have to move. Might have to change some times. Like I said, Hurricane Delta going to affect some of these games. Bama's 23.5-point favorites going on the road to Vaught-Hemingway um, to face the Ole Miss Rebels. Ole Miss might score some points. Lane Kiffin loved the guy, but I don't. I just think Alabama's still going to blow him out. Um, Bama, not quite to that 66 mark they got a couple years ago, but I haven't taken it pretty convincingly, covering that massive spread, 59-27. to 27. Um, next you got Florida State. They've been an absolute joke, um, against Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a three-touchdown favorite. Um, sad to see where, how fall, how fall Florida State, how far Florida State has fallen. Holy cow. Um, I don't, I, I keep saying it, but I, I don't see a way Florida State wins this game. Too dysfunctional. And they're playing. They're going up against a good and talented Notre Dame team. So I have them covering the twenty-one, but I don't think it'll be close at all. Um, I have Notre Dame thirty to thirteen. Uh, keep sending Florida State into that downward spiral. I just realized is Notre Dame. I put Notre Dame with no rank. They are number five in the country. Lastly. On the slate, at least, that we're picking from a lot of really good games. couple snubs. Uh, not picking Mississippi State and Kentucky. Um, I thought you got Pitt versus Boston College. Kansas State versus TCU. It's a great week of football. Um, but game of the week, to me, there's some really good games. You got the Red River Showdown. You have Saban versus Kiffin. You have... Tennessee versus Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M. But this one, to me, is clearly the biggest game of the week. And that is number seven, Miami, going on the road against the mighty Clemson Tigers. And this, this is a big game for many, for, I shouldn't say many, for multiple reasons. Clemson, we've, you know, they've been... They've been given a little bit of, you know, I don't, I can't find, they've been a little bit disrespected in the sense that um, people will say, well, they don't really play anyone in the ACC, and that's why they've, you know, why they haven't lost, which, fair. Um, But this is their opportunity to make that statement, say, you know, we're the best team in the ACC, it's not that. Everyone else sucks. It's just that we're significantly better than them. And on the flip side, Miami, they've they've been, it's been up and down um, the Hurricanes recently, but this year they've looked incredible. You have another year of Manny Diaz. You have De- Eric King, quarterback transfer from Houston, extraordinaire. Um. Demolished Florida State. Took down a pretty good Louisville team handily. Miami could establish themselves as a legitimate title contender if they win this game. And it could really elevate their status. Not necessarily back to the glory days of the early 2000s. But it would be an absolutely incredible win. 
I think it's going to be an incredible game. So from there, I definitely don't think Clemson covers. Could I see it? Maybe. But I have Miami plus 14. In terms of outright, I, I can't explain how much I wanted to take Miami. I wanted to take Miami so bad. But ultimately, I can't pick against Trevor Lawrence. So Miami, get off to a hot start. But ultimately, Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers lead a late drive, finish him off, and what will be one of the best games of the season. Clemson holds their throne 34-32, to but Miami keeps their, head, keeps their heads high. So those are my picks. I don't believe I said before, um, my overall record on the season, not, you know, pretty mediocre 24-17 and 17 last week. Really split hairs, 8-7, and seven, pretty uh, pretty mediocre if you ask me. But you won some, you lose some, I suppose. Football. It's unpredictable, man. Uh, going on to the NFL. Um, couple storylines. You have the whole Tennessee Titans coronavirus. Um, it's really, it's kind of ridiculous that an organization top to bottom can be so negligent to the point where they are going to probably face some serious penalties. They had guys met up at a local high school the day after the Titans facilities were shut. It's it's really ridiculous. Um, you've had some issues. The Patriots, Cam had it. Sounds like Gilmore got coronavirus. Um... In terms of actual on play, the Falcons are a joke. Falcons are an absolute joke. Um, Cardinals fallen a little bit. Um, had some struggles with the Panthers. The Panthers might not be the most talented team, but Matt Rule's getting his guys to play. Uh, Texans got rid of Bob, Bill O'Brien. It was it was about time. Um, did that wait? No, no, I was thinking this They got rid of Bill O'Brien. We'll see where they go from here. Really not a lot of incredible, you know, specific storylines that stick out. Just kind of hop into it. My record on the year, I'm a nice 29-16-1. Keep in mind for these, I haven't been doing it since week one of college football and week one of the NFL. I missed week one of the NFL. Um, I did my yearly predictions there. But 29-16-1, coming off a good week, 11-4. and four. Obviously, uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee was not played, so that's why it's only 15. Might have some of those issues this week. Thursday night football, that is happening approximately an hour and 25 minutes or so from now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or as, you know, they're, the phrase has been coined this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Head to the Windy City to face off against Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. Buccaneers three-point favorites. This is, you know, on paper you're like, well, I mean, this shouldn't be a great one. But you got to think about it. It is Tom Brady and Nick Foles. It's I'm, first time they've played since the Super Bowl a couple years back. Foles got the best of them 
showed off. He, he was able to catch a pass. Brady, he dropped he dropped one of those passes on the trick plays. Um and if you know you know, knowing Tom Brady, I think he's he maybe he's not dwelling on that, but it's definitely something in the back of his mind. And this Bears team, people made jokes about how they're like the worst they were the worst three and O team. And I still don't know if they're particularly good. But I also don't know about the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers haven't really played anyone any stiff competition since the Saints. And for that reason, you know, mixed with my hate of Tom Brady and my partial love of Nick Foles, I have the Bears winning outright uh twenty to seventeen. Da Bears. Um that to me it's really a toss up. But I do have it going the Bears way. Into the Sunday slate, the Panthers are two-point underdogs against the Falcons. On paper, it should be the Falcons by a lot, but I feel like it's been established that that, that the Falcons just don't make good on that ever. Um, I feel like I've picked them every single week, and they've lost. So I can't do it anymore. Panthers, got the Panthers winning uh, 27-24, um, covering the spread there. Cardinals mentioned they were faltering a bit. There are seven-point favorites on the road to face a Sam Darnoldless uh, New York Jets backup now is uh, Joe Flacco. So, get a little Flacco action. Is he elite? Is he not elite? A uh, couple years old debate, but this this is going to be a pathetic, pathetic game for the New York Jets. have already been awful and face a Cardinals offense that. It's, it's just so good. <laughs> Kyler Murray's made his mistakes, but ultimately it's hard to make mistakes against this defense. Offense, they've been bad. With Sam Darnold there, it's going to be a slaughtering. 38-3 to Cardinals, never in doubt. Um, Bills-Titans, I'm not sure if this is going to be played with the ongoing Titans mischief. Um, if it does happen, though, I like the Titans um, by a couple. No line is officially set at least per ESPN. I like the Titans a little bit more because the presence of Derrick Henry and not even just Derrick Henry. I feel like this is ultimately a main talking point of mine when I pick Tennessee. It's just the presence of Derrick Henry helps them out um, because he's either running it with his usual authority or uh, he's making everyone cave in on him and that allows Ryan Tannehill and the play-action offense to succeed um, defense gets us a couple stops, makes Josh Allen, um, uh, makes some bad plays. I got the Titans 26-20 if this game is indeed ever played. AFC West matchup, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders had the Chiefs Kingdom, Chiefs 12-point favorites. Um, I got the Chiefs in this one. I think it'll be a close game. I don't know. I don't think they cover, but I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes in the offense there, uh, Guns a-blazing. They'll keep it going. 29-24 Chiefs. Not a bad game from the Raiders. Just not quite on par with uh, the juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, next, Eagles flying high after a Sunday night win. Uh, they're touchdown underdogs against the Steelers. Uh, Steelers coming off their impromptu bye week. I think the Steelers are the better all-around team. I think the Steelers, sure, they didn't necessarily want to be off last week, but it also um, let their guys get 100%. Eagles still plenty banged up. I think Carson Wentz plays a decent game, but the Steelers' defense is really, you know, tough. They're a very stout unit. Um, I think Big Bang gets it done. 
Uh, Steelers don't quite cover. Eagles make it a little interesting, but I do have the Steelers 24-20. to um, Next, Rams. They head to Washington, square off with the football team. They're seven-point road favorites. Uh, Kyle Allen getting the start for the football team. Um, I, I guess I, I was about to say this would be my lock of the week. My lock of the week, if I had to pull one, would probably be Cardinals Jets. This is, you know, I think it's an either or. Washington, they're not a good team with Dwayne Haskins. I don't see how they're going to be a good team with Kyle Allen. The Rams are a good team that just barely lost um, to the Buffalo Bills. So I think it should it should be a good I was about to say it was going to be a good one. I think it'll be a good one for Rams fans, that's for sure. Um, 34-10, Rams big. Bengals-Ravens, I didn't see an official line on ESPN. There probably is. I didn't see it, though. So I'm not going to make this, um, I'm not going to write this up as a spread-based game. But I know Lamar Jackson a little banged up with his knee. That's something to look for. But as far as I know... Um, I'm going to assume he's playing. I think the Bengals give him a little bit of scare. Joe Burrow coming off his first win. Don't quite have the juice, though. Uh, 27-21 Ravens. Uh, Jaguars-Texans AFC South matchup. Uh, Jaguars, they got a win week one, then they reverted to what everyone expected them to play like. The Texans winless, got rid of Bob, Bill O'Brien. Um... Giants, or excuse me, I was looking at the next one. Um, I don't, I don't think either of these teams are particularly good. Um, but the Texans, I think, have you know they have some talent on offense. Um, I think Deshaun can make a couple plays. Um, as they're six point favorites. I think they cover. They get their first win of the year. Um, with Romeo Cornell, I believe that's his name. Um, at interim head coach. So give me the Texans 24-14. Dolphins, nine-point underdogs coming out west to face off with a very injured San Francisco 49ers. I haven't heard about uh, what's going to happen at the starting quarterback position. It remains to be seen. I I don't think there's necessarily a great drop-off from one or the other. Obviously, Mullins played a poor game. Bethard came in, but I think they're both pretty capable backups. But I, I don't, they're not made to blow teams out, and I don't think the Dolphins are particularly good, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the home, but I think they can keep it close. Um, I'll go, I'll go 17-13 49ers. Um, Dolphins keep it within the nine-point spread. Can't take it outright, though. Uh. NFC North, the worst division in football. Oh, really, really, really sad how bad a division could be. The Giants uh, head to Jerry's World, face off against the Cowboys. Cowboys eight and a half point favorites. This Cowboys team, they've been bad defensively. They've gotten it done offensively. Sure, some of it has been late game scoring. You could say a little bit of it's box score based. But this Cowboys team is better than the Giants. The Giants are bad, and the Giants can't score. So you're, it's a bad defense versus a bad offense, and then a pretty good offense versus a bad defense. So that's, I smell a blowout there. Um, Cowboys by 20, 37-17. 
uh, Giants tanking for Trevor. It'll be a nice New York matchup for uh, who gets number one. Colts-Browns, this is probably one of the, not necessarily better games of the week, but uh, one of the closer games of the week in terms of Colts only one and a half point favorites. Um, they go to Cleveland, and this is this is a tough one. So Cleveland's riding the high. They've they got you know embarrassed week one by the Ravens, and then they've played you know handful of good games. The big X factor for me here is the status of Odell Beckham Jr. listed as questionable. I'm gonna assume he plays, and with that, um. Maybe it's just that they're a little more flashy. The Colts get it done in a different way than the Browns, but I like the Browns. Um, winning it outright, 25-24. Um, Browns. I... It's, it's something with the Browns. Um, maybe they're, maybe they'll get, actually, they're actually getting it done this year. I'm taking them here. I think it go either way. It's hard to trust a Cleveland-based team. Not a fan of Baker, but um, I got the Browns here. Broncos Patriots. I actually think this was just moved to an early Monday night game, but I'll go ahead with it anyways. Um, this is these are two teams that will most likely be without their starting quarterbacks. Um, even yeah, so and we're not even sure who's gonna be under center per se. Are you gonna have Hoyer the Destroyer? Are you gonna have you know Jarrett Stidham? I wrote a article and article. This offseason about how Jared Stenham sucks. Um, neither of them, you know, performed incredible last Monday night. And then you got the Broncos, most likely be uh, Brett Ripien, uh coming off. Thursday night went over the Jets, but he, he threw three interceptions. Two banged-up teams. Patriots probably going to be without Stephon Gilmore. We'll see. Patriots, I think, I think the defense... Defense remains pretty much intact outside of, obviously, the beginning of the year opt-outs. I have the Patriots taking a pretty sloppy and boring one, uh, 20-9. Sunday night football, Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook. I mean, I think he actually leads the league in rushing. Um, don't fact-check me on that. On that, I know he's definitely up there. I picked him. I believe I picked him to win the rushing title, nonetheless, um, against... Possible MVP frontrunner, Russell Wilson. Um, Seahawks touchdown favorite at home. I got the Seahawks in this one. Vikings, they had a, they had a win last week. Granted, it was against... Um, it wasn't against the stiffest of competition. It was against the Texans. Seahawks are just... They look really good. If I had to pick you know, a representative from the NFC to go to the Super Bowl right now, it would probably be the Seahawks. So I got the Hawks, um, cover the spread, 34-22, Russell Wilson. Another statement game. He's just statement after statement. He wants his MVP. Um, They get that done. Monday night, former San Diego Chargers, now current Los Angeles Chargers. They're seven-and-a-half-point underdogs um, against the New Orleans Saints. Um, I haven't heard, I know, you know, another Hurricane Delta thing. I haven't heard anything about this, um, status of this. So again, we'll just go as if everything's normal, game being played in Louisiana and such. Um, Saints up and down. They got a win last week against 
the Lions after having two really down weeks following their week one win over Tom Brady. The Chargers, they officially made Justin Herbert the starter. I don't know why that was like an official thing, especially after Tyrod Garner and Anthony Lynn tried to say, well, we'll probably go back to Tyrod when he's healthy. I mean, it's bogus. Justin Herbert, he's looked pretty good. Um, definitely better than I expected and probably most expected. But the Saints team, whether it be with Michael Thomas or not, um, I think it, it probably will be, but not, not 100% sure. I think they're just a little bit better than these this Chargers team. Uh, Los Angeles keeps it close. Um, Saints get, get in the end uh, 27-24, so Chargers um, against the spread. And that that's going to do it. Um, definitely missing a guest. Obviously, it's ideal to have a little bit of banter. I don't find it as, as interesting when I do it by myself. I imagine listeners don't as much. It's a little more rambly and, you know, less enthusiastic. But you got to do what you got to do. And I wanted to make sure I got these out. So there we have it. Um, I'll, def- I'll post these predictions as a link not a a link I'll post these predictions in blog form on the blog um so if you want to skim through it if you want to send it through send it to friends who can't put up with you know more than listening to a podcast um feel free to as always check out the blog the redshirt.blog uh social media uh instagram at the dot redshirt um that's just a that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you later.